Welcome to the Child Care Business Professionals Podcast. I'm Evelyn Knight. Hello to all my ECE colleagues out there. I hope everybody is having a good day. And if you're not, just take a deep breath and try to mentally start over again. So I just discovered that the last two episodes I recorded, I did not save correctly, so I lost all the data. I'm glad about one of them because I recorded it right after an incident I had with an employee. So it's probably better in retrospect that I'm recording it when my emotions aren't high and the feelings aren't as fresh. I have a different perspective now that it's been a couple days. uh, And of course, when things are fresh, we just don't really see them as they really are. So I'm going to go through that episode first before um, I move on, which is going to seem a little backwards. So this episode is going to be about when it's time to let an employee go. And the reason I say that's a little bit backwards, um, I put out a survey on Facebook in one of the owner director Facebook groups to see what topics you guys want me to talk about. And I think the most common topic I saw throughout those posts was employee retention. So I am going to talk about employee retention during my next episode, but this episode, I'm going to do it a little bit different. I'm going to talk about why we need to let them go sometimes, why we need to not try so hard to have employee retention every single time. And I can tell you guys, one of my biggest flaws as an owner and director is I really work hard at keeping my staff even when it's time to let them go. And this has come to bite me a couple times where I'll offer them more money or I'll make promises. And I do keep the promises, but really emotionally and mentally, these people are ready to move on. It is time for them to go. And I've worked so hard to keep them with me uh, that it just, um, I don't know, it has backfired me on every single time. So I'm going to talk about that today. And um, just the soul searching I've been doing over the last year, over the last two years, I've lost some of my core staff, two of which had been with me for over a decade. And just some of my favorite people uh, all together. And the last, um, gosh, Four of my core staff that I've lost were some of my favorite people, not just employees, but I really liked these people. So it was particularly painful for me to lose them. So in all four cases, uh, it was, they had told me or shown me somehow that it was time for them to go. Yet I really fought to keep them And I guess I was really fighting what they knew was true for them. I was trying to convince them that it wasn't. So I'm going to go through the lessons I've learned in the last year to hopefully help you avoid some of the problems that I caused for myself. Probably sounds a little bit different. Uh, Just to let you know, I stopped the recording and fixed my audio quality issue I seem to have been having. So back to our topic. Logically, I know I can't keep everybody happy, and I know that there are times that people are going to outgrow me. They're going to just burn out and need to go, but 
somewhere inside me, I just want to be that perfect boss who keeps everybody happy and who everybody wants to work for. And I know that's not logical, but it's really something I do struggle with. And I, I just always have this internal struggle with the logical and emotional side of me and which one is trying to make the decisions in my life. So if I don't really stop and think about it, a lot of times I let that emotional side of me cause issues for myself, which is something I'm really working on growing beyond this year. In the last couple of years, I've really learned that I cannot be my staff's friend. And keep in mind, a lot of my staff has worked for me for five to uh, 10, 11 years. So this is a mistake I've made that I do still, uh, I haven't totally outgrown. But when your staff is your friend, it's very hard to separate and fire them when it needs to be done. Or it's hard to let them quit when the time comes. It's really hurtful and hard. So I've really had to coach myself in not taking things personally and mentally separating the personal and professional part of myself. I actually still have a good relationship with a few of my staff members who've left because I have been able to do this. You guys, it's never the same. It'll never be the same afterwards, but you can still have a relationship with these people. I can tell you, though, it is so much easier to just not put yourself in that position. So when you need to reprimand somebody, when you need to be the boss, you're not in an awkward position because no matter what you do, there's times where as a boss, you're going to be seen as a jerk and you have to accept that and be okay with that. There's, you're never going to make everybody happy. So every now and then you are going to have to be the bad guy. Even if you're doing the right thing, the perception is going to be that you are the bad guy. So just accept that fact and move on. If that's something that you cannot accept, then you probably need to have an honest, I don't know, uh, time to sit down with yourself and either write it out in a journal or just really think about it. But if you're not willing to be the bad guy every now and then, or just be, you know, just do the unpopular thing, then management is probably not for you. And that is okay. There is nothing wrong with management not being for you. Society puts it in our head that we have to grow. We have to achieve more, that we have to raise or climb that ladder. But you really have to do what's best for you. And I'm not saying that you can't grow. There's other ways you can grow, other portions of your life. But it doesn't have to be your career. So just really be honest with yourself and ask yourself, do I really want to do this? Do I really want to be the person who has to fire people or reprimand someone when you know they're doing wrong, but you know they're going to perceive you as the bad guy? If that's something you cannot overcome, then be honest with yourself. So I just finished writing a blog post on when it's time to let someone go and the signs that you need to look for. And it's something that I've really just thought about over the last few people that um, I've lost that I really didn't want to let go. And it's kind of funny. Um, I also was listening to a different podcast uh, with Brooke Castillo, the Life Coach School, which I absolutely love and recommend. And one of the things that she was saying that really struck me is that if it is a relief when somebody quits, 
you probably should have fired them already. So really think about that. If one of your staff members were to quit tomorrow, and if you had a name that popped into your head and you know that it would be a relief for that person to leave, then they probably need to go. And you guys, I can tell you that I thought of a couple people in the past who ended up leaving later, but that I was relieved that they left. And it just is like clear as day to me now in retrospect that I should have let them go sooner. You might also have had a thought pop into your head about a past employee that quit and you were relieved. Think about what happened before that employee left. What kind of problems did they cause? Why were you relieved? And you'll probably find that you have the same epiphany that I had, that we probably should have let those people go sooner. So that's something I'm really going to start looking at uh, from now on, that when um, I need to avoid that, I need to avoid getting to the point where I am relieved if a person quits or I would be relieved. But it's also something I'm going to think about when somebody isn't performing. I am going to start asking myself, would it be a relief for this person to leave? I also realized that the people that I was relieved when they quit are people I really like. I like them as people. These are people that I could hang out with uh, uh, on my spare time. So I think that's why I had such a hard time and I didn't fire them when I should have is because I really like them. And just because you like someone, that's not a good enough reason to keep them. You have to put the children first and the company. And if somebody is really weighing your center down, then they are weighing the children down too. So the next area that I was thinking about is uh, people who don't buy into your philosophy. Hopefully you have a really good interview process, so you won't hire people who don't believe in your philosophy or your vision. But if you haven't had a good interview process up until now, and you do have people on board who don't match your company's vision and philosophy, then they need to go. They will just weigh your company down. They are going to uh, just really cause more problems than they're worth, and they're not helping you achieve your goal. So think about that too. This really should be a part of your interview process. You will avoid so much grief if you're not hiring people who aren't on board with your philosophy. Uh, This is actually a topic uh, I'm going to go into depth uh, in during my January leadership training series that I'm doing. I will put some information about that in the show notes if you are interested in learning more about that. Next is one of the most important reasons we need to let people go. When they are causing staff morale issues or they are really negative about the center. If people are talking bad about your center and they're really just bringing the rest of the staff down, you need to cut your losses. This can be a cancer on your center. It can be one of the worst things that happens. And in the past, I have had things like this cause mass exoduses where I've lost two or three really great employees because they let people get in their head. So negative people do not have a place in your center. So that's something if, you know, and sometimes people just need to be made aware. I mean, I have some awesome employees too who just get into a funk. So I would first coach them, talk to them about it and help them uh, through whatever issues they're having. If it gets to the point where they just are negative no matter what you do, then it's time to let them go. Again, this is another topic I'm going to go into depth in the leadership series is coaching your staff and how to really be an effective 
uh, trainer and coach. Next would be an insubordinate staff. If you have a staff member who goes over your head is just blatantly insubordinate, like they go directly to parents instead of coming to you first, or they break the rules all the time, or they just don't like your procedure, so they refuse to do them, they need to go. This is a personality issue, and people who have conflict with authority will just bring your center down. I do have to add a clause to that one, however. If you're a director and you are not following your company's procedures, what your owner is asking you or what the corporate office is asking you, then you are setting that tone for your center. So really do some soul searching. Are you cutting corners? Are you following procedures that are set out for you? If not, then your staff isn't going to. So just be careful with that one. If you feel somebody is insubordinate because they don't follow procedures, they don't do what you're asking, look at yourself and make sure you are doing what you're being asked and you're following procedures. Because just like the children learn from modeling, your staff will too. So that one I do have to put in that little clause. Uh, I have worked for directors in the past where uh, they just didn't like what our corporate was telling us to do. They thought the rules were stupid, so they didn't follow it. And, you know, as an employee myself, I was pretty young at the time, but I remember just thinking to myself, like, why should I listen to you if you don't listen to your bosses? So keep that in mind. So next would be when the employees are not meeting expectations that are clearly stated and explained. So this isn't just meeting your expectations that are in your head. This is meeting expectations that employees know about. And do not think that expectations are common sense. Uh, One thing I've learned as an owner is that there really is no such thing as common sense. So make sure that your expectations are clearly stated, that your staff knows exactly what you really mean, and they understand it. I'm really bad at saying things partially and then finding out later that my staff misunderstood what I said because I really didn't get my entire thought out. So make sure that they clearly understand what your expectations are and coach them on it. I cannot stress to you the importance of good coaching. When I learned the importance of good coaching and I learned uh, my assistant director and I really started coaching our staff, it was a game changer for my center. That is really what took our center from a two-star to a five-star quality center. Along those lines, if you find yourself overcompensating for a staff member, or if you find yourself making up excuses for them, then it's probably time to do some in-depth coaching. And if that doesn't work, it's time to let them go. I find myself overcompensating and making excuses for the people I like the most. Again, I fall into that trap all the time where I allow my emotions blind me to what's really happening. So be careful for falling in that trap. If you find yourself making excuses up for people, then uh, just be aware of that and ask yourself, why am I doing this? Is it really worth it? Do I need to move on? Um, I think sometimes I also find myself in this trap when I feel desperate. Like if we're really short staffed, I get that way. Or if I feel like a bunch of the parents in this classroom are really loyal to this teacher, I can scare myself into thinking that I can't lose this person. And I can assure you guys, you will be fine. There is nobody that's going to have so much loyalty that um, they're going to destroy your center. 
And there are ways around that too. I do have policies uh, in my employee handbook and agreements that my employees have to sign that are non-compete policies, which basically states that they cannot go work for another center within a five-mile radius of my center. And they also cannot start an in-home childcare center with my customers. Uh, I put that into my program and into my uh, staff agreement when I was really uh, probably a younger director and owner, uh, and I was paranoid about people stealing my staff. Now, I honestly don't care so much. Um, I don't know if it's because I have such a long wait list, to be honest with you, or if just, um, I think overall, the reason is that because your parents don't know what's happening when they walk out of the building, right? They're, think about how long your parents are there. They drop off. They might be there for 10 minutes. They come and pick up. They're there for another five to 10 minutes. So out of the hours and hours that the children are with us, the parents are in the building for maybe at the absolute most half an hour a day. Most of them are probably in the building for 10 to 15 minutes a day. So they are judging and creating their own opinions based on that very small snippet of the day. So what I found happens is uh, they'll leave, right? And maybe this person does start an in-home service in their house and the parents will go to them for a while. Well, now that they're dealing with this person by themselves and they have to um, really see how that person manages themselves, they really start to see the true colors of that person. And 90% of the time, these people try to come back to me. So that's when I think I really stopped caring uh, whether or not my staff takes um, customers with them. But uh, you guys, I have been there. I understand how scary that can be. I know what it's like to need every single head in your building or you don't get paid that month. As the owner, it always comes out of our pocket, right? We have to pay payroll. We have to pay the rent. We have to pay the electrical bill. So we don't get paid. And I've been there. I know I went three years without making a dime off my preschool, not only not making a dime, but my husband was putting about $30,000 a year into it just to keep our doors open. Uh, And so I know what that feels like. And on a side note, that's really why I'm doing this podcast. I've learned so many lessons from the mistakes I've made. And I really want to make sure that none of you guys have to go through what I went through because of the mistakes I was making. It's kind of funny to me that I'm forming this entirely new business just to help people avoid my past mistakes or help people get out of the same mistakes. But we do learn from our mistakes. So everything that uh, I'm teaching on pretty much is something uh, that's happened to me. Now I'm in a position where I can just pass on to you what has worked. Okay, so enough of that tangent. The other area that you really need to watch is the staff gossip. Gossip is toxic. And I do have techniques that have actually started working on stopping the gossip that I'll probably do an episode on uh, and I'll definitely be included in my leadership series. But if you try things and it just doesn't work, you just can't get this person to stop gossiping, then they need to go. Gossip will destroy your center. They will start telling your parents things. So just really be careful for that one and make sure that you are not involved or causing a lot of the gossip. 
If you find yourself hanging out in a classroom during nap time and just chatting about your weekend or about the other staff, then you may be getting more involved in the gossip than you know. And this is a huge problem because if you're perpetuating it, then it will be impossible to control and it will turn your environment into a toxic environment. So the bottom line lesson that I learned through this process is that procrastinating on firing an employee when it's time ends up hurting you in the end. It causes so many more problems than it has to. And I also had to sit back and ask myself, why do I procrastinate? And I realized that I procrastinate because it sucks. There's no other way to say it. It is really hard to fire somebody. And it should be. It should always be hard to fire somebody because somebody's losing their job, right? And we are human and we don't like to make people suffer. Unfortunately, sometimes that suffering is necessary and it is a normal part of life. So try not to own that. Remember that when somebody needs to get fired, they caused that situation. You did not. So don't own the fact that you're firing them. On the other hand, I think it is important for us to embrace that emotion that it's hard and it sucks. That will help us not to become callous. That way, when we do fire someone, we are preserving their dignity. Firing someone is very nerve wracking too. So something I do, uh, not only when I'm firing somebody, but whenever I'm going to be speaking to an employee, I um, will always create an outline. That way I'm staying on topic. I don't forget to say things I need to say. I don't go off on tangents and I'm concise. When you fire someone, you can be very nervous. And when we're nervous, we tend to ramble on and on and say things we probably shouldn't say. So having an outline, writing out a script beforehand will help you to avoid that. That also helps to preserve the employee's dignity because for them, they're in a terrible situation. So you want to make it quick, get it over with, let them out of you know your office as fast as possible so they don't have to prolong that. So my best advice is right before you call the employee in, just tell yourself, this is going to be awful. It's going to feel terrible. And I'm okay with that. If I keep this person, it's going to take my center down and the children are going to suffer for it. And bottom line, we are here for the children and to do what's best for them. So own the fact that it'll be awful and do it anyway. That way you are constructing the best possible environment for the children in your care. And that is our bottom line responsibility. So that's what I have for you guys today. I really do think this recording turned out better than the first one I did. So I'm kind of glad that I messed up on that first recording. Um, as always, I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. And be sure to check out my website for the leadership series that I will be launching in January. I'm only going to start with about, as of right now, I'm set up to start with two sessions of five people each. What I'm going to be doing is every week we're going to be doing a one hour webinar and I'm going to be doing one hour one-on-one -on -one coaching with the total of 10 people who sign up. That's why I'm limiting it to 10 people because I really want to be able to work with you one-on-one. -on -one. When I hired my business advisor and the time I got to work with her one-on-one, -on -one, it was the game changer for me. So I want to do the same for those of you out there who want to work with me. So 
again, check out my website. I'll have more information about that. And of course, you'll find my blog on my website too. So thank you for joining me again today. Have a great day. Thank you for joining me. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and let me know what you thought of this episode in the comments. You can also tell me what subjects you would like me to address for future episodes. And one last thing, I would really appreciate a five-star review. Don't forget to check out all the great resources on my website, www.childcarebusinessprofessionals.com.